how what you do every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we underestimate how yeah. hard that yeah. is. Yeah. For people to change. I think and, people know it because yeah. they do it all the time themselves. And if I look at myself, you yeah. know, if I if I only look at my diet, it's not going to make any difference. I need to exercise, I need to walk, I need to yeah. do all these steps. Yeah. To so we know that. And it. we also we know, know we don't like it. No. And we know and it's frustrating. So, yeah. And so it's frustrating yeah. for us. So it's even more frustrating for yes. the D and the cat that it because yeah. whatever I do, yeah. they're still fed. Or so, what you very often hear is the fact like, I hardly feed them anything. Yeah. And, and still. Yeah. 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 And it, it's some Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast. The best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And Dr. Yola Kerfenstein. And we're so happy to have Dr. Arjuni Verbrugge. Did I do that okay? Verbrugge? Yeah. Wow, I'm, I've been practicing. Okay. Verbrugge. Oh, no, gosh. Uh, that's, should... that's right. Okay. We should, we should get the Dutchman to introduce the Belgian. Yeah. Yeah, clearly it's the wrong person. But regardless, sorry for mangling um, your name. I did, I did my Canadian best. Uh, we're just so happy that we have the chance to have a second uh, chat with you because there's so much to talk about in nutrition and in feline nutrition. Mm-hmm. So when then you talked a little bit about DEXA, what does DEXA do? Ah, yeah. So DEXA is the gold standard for measuring body composition mm-hmm. in humans and animals. Um, DEXA stands for Dual Energy X-Ray Absorption Metry. It's it's uh, how people really really know this. I think is is it's a bone scanner, mm. uh, bone densitometer. Mm. So. Um, women um, we're familiar mm. yeah or yeah. at some point you at some point be, in your life you will be familiar, <laughs> familiar right um yeah so um it measure reuse it for body composition so it measures total mass um as well as uh, fat mass um muscle or lean mass um and then it gives you bone density um and bone content yeah. as well so and it's, it's last a, but not least I stand every day on a scale that mm-hmm. estimates my, you know, fat percentage. Oh, do you? Um, do oh. we have that for cats? No. Too? Are, they very, are they accurate in people? Are they? They are supposed to be semi-accurate. So, <laughs> it, it, so it it's fluctuates like... quite a bit, I have yeah. to say. So, so what does it give you? It gives you not just weight, but what? It gives you the percentage of fat. Does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and there, there's been other it's technologies it's that using, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And there's been other tech like with Dexa, the the problem that we have with Dexa, it's still used a lot. In, it's mostly used research. in research, yeah. right? In clinical settings, one the equipment is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So um, if you um, want to use that in veterinary practice, there's yeah. no veterinary practice that will purchase yeah. one of yeah, these, yeah. right? And you we have, have to be one very at OVC. quiet as a patient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have to. Sh- you have to stay still. So yeah. we typically do this under sedation in, yeah. right. in cats and dogs. Yeah. So it's um, not an everyday tool. No. Which is a little tough in when you have morbid obese animals. Sure. So mm-hmm. you sure. don't want to anesthetize yeah, 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 sure. And it takes sure. a little bit, eh? 40 minutes to do it. Uh, it depends. Mm-hmm. It de- like a, if you would scan the whole table yeah. and let's say like a, a very big dog, like a Great Dane yeah. would mm-hmm. fit on the whole table, would be a 30 minute scan. 30. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so a cat would be like maybe a, depending on how... Um, 
how sensitive you put the settings. Put your settings. Yes. Right. Um, but like a 15 minute scan okay. for a canvas. Yeah. But they have to be still for the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a research tool basically. Uh, but yeah. but very helpful, I'm sure, yep. to you. Yeah. Right. As you're as you're working with patients. Now, before we started recording the podcast, you and I were chatting a little bit about the value of obesity clinics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So tell us why and, and what what is Can I ask you one yeah. more question? Although it escaped me right now when we were talking about <laughs> The DEXA, I think we need to point out how important it is for veterinarians to record oh. the weight every time when they're yep. going to in the clinic. Yeah, that is a really good point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, recording body weight, body condition score, muscle condition score every, every single time is yeah. very important. Yeah. So it's it also what really part of your physical exam. Yes. Which it is, yes. Is and you know, not just that. We have cats that owners bring in to get like their nails trimmed periodically, mm-hmm. or their their grooming, or their you know, and and we'll we'll weigh and record it. Even yeah. if it's just weight, yeah, just never miss an opportunity. Yes, because yes. weight is such an important indicator, and also for health. impending. And disease. like looking at the um, Wasava nutritional assessment guidelines, um, that screening, that first screening evaluation, a lot of veterinarians think think it like, takes extra time yeah. in their yeah. appointments. Like, yeah. how do we fit this in into our fifteen minute appointments? Yeah. Uh, but you're really not doing that much extra, right? Mm. Like you're you're, doing most you're of already anyway. doing your physical exam. So if you're feeling full limb limb Lymph nodes. nodes. Yeah. Why not feeling for muscle and fat same at the same time, time right? So you you just go from the head to the tail just once, and you record everything all at the yeah. same time. And I think it's like anything. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. It becomes second nature. Yes. You don't have to think about it. Yes. yes. Just want to make that point. Now we can go back to the okay. Obesity yeah. So this is a very intriguing idea to me. So so um, uh, tell us a little bit. What's an obesity clinic, and why do we need to think about them in vet med? Yeah. So um, with an obesity clinic would be a place that focuses specifically on weight loss programs for cats in this case um it would help um i would see this as pet owners bringing in their their cats on a regular basis we could even do something like a, if the owner doesn't want to take care of it at home we could yeah. organize fat camp or something fat like camp. that right? <laughs> like that. um having them visit send your cat and we'll and we'll own. do the program i think one of the <clears throat> one of the things with obesity programs or weight loss programs <clears throat> is that they're very intensive yeah. um you have to follow up very regularly with these patients and clients, yeah. mm-hmm. you have to check in with them very, very yeah. regularly to make sure that they continue to be on track. Because yeah. they, 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 they get they go off track yeah, easy. They go off track very yeah. easy. Um, and you want to make sure that you celebrate their successes yeah. um, moving forward. So bringing them in into the clinic is very, very important. So I, I, I celebrate um, veterinary practices that have an actual weight loss program yeah. in their practice and focus a lot of that. And that can be very technician driven, right? Yes. Sure. Um, just check bringing in those animals checking them very often um how a, an actual weight loss clinic can can really help um as a referral service um taking some of that very high intensive follow up away from veterinary practices yeah. is the, if they prefer not to yeah. do that they don't have the time they yeah. don't have the, the staff yes um at the same time an obesity clinic could help collect data for yeah. research as well yeah absolutely Yeah, and I think and it gives owners really a, a you know a focused time. There's there's um, uh, no distractions. Yep. We're not going to talk about you know vaccines yep. or yep. anything else, right? It's just just, just focused on yeah. 
on the on the on the, on and, the wait. and and especially like even it's not just about the follow-up also that initial appointment ah. um just obesity cases can be like just collecting a diet history form yeah. an animal oh. that's overweight going through everything that they're feeding um usually they're feeding a lot right and yeah. it's not not just the wet food or the kibble yeah and there's so many snacks and table scraps yeah. and treats and everything yeah. and you want to address everything yeah. so um within our nutrition service um our appointments tend to be an hour and a half just talking about diet so, so there you go mm-hmm. right and i think that's one reason why a lot of vets in general practice get frustrated yes. with obesity management right yep. it's because we might not know about the tools but also sometimes we just don't we can't spend that kind of time yep. right yep. Um, and I think even I think we need to manage obesity like its own disease, mm-hmm. right? And 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 uh, devote that kind of time and expertise yep. to it. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. It's, re- it's really important to get to weight off of animals. So now I'm going to push back a little bit because I think <clears throat> obesity clinics work really well in the D word, but mm. they may not work as well in with cats because owners have hesitate to bring their mm-hmm. cats to the clinic. Uh, just often. just the bringing the cat so, thing. So okay. I always thought you, if you start a good obesity clinic, you probably need to have for the D's they come in, but for the cats you have to have yeah. a service that goes to their home. Yeah, mm. and we've done that with research projects as well. Mm-hmm. Like when we were enrolling obese cats on weight loss trials, they would come in for the initial assessment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the times that we needed blood draws. Um, but if it was a weigh-in, we would actually take the baby scale and, and go, go to, to the, the house. house. That makes so much yeah. more sense. Yeah. yeah, so it just shows you you have to adapt a little bit. Um, but that makes me think of other things. Like, so for the other species, you can get them on treadmills. Yep. Yeah, but that's not impossible for cats. It's not impossible. No, we like at OVC, we do have a rehab service and they have uh, put the cats in the underwater treadmill. Yeah. So yeah. there have been a few cats that have done that. Yeah. So it's it doable. is possible. Yes. Yeah. So I think we just have to be flexible with cats. I yeah. think some cats are quite and amenable to visiting the clinic and doing yes, that, and yes. others not so much. And I think like in veterinary medicine, we have to treat any animal as an individual, yeah, right? And we come up with a treatment plan that works for the animal as an individual, but also for the owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so does it fit with their lifestyle, yeah. um, with the animal's uh, personality yeah. or character? And yeah. um, just- That's a really important point because if you're treating obesity in a pet, it's a lifestyle change for the mm-hmm. owner, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, it's not just, I need you to feed a different food yep. to your pet. It's, I need to change how what you do every yep. day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we underestimate how yep. hard that yeah. is. Yeah for people to change. I and, think people know it because yeah. they do it all the time themselves. And if I look at myself, you yeah. know, if I if I only look at my diet, it's not going to make any difference. I need to exercise, I need to walk, I need to yeah. do all these steps yeah. to So we know that and it. we also we know, know we don't like it no. and we know and it's frustrating. So, yeah. And so it's frustrating yeah. for us, so it's even more frustrating for yes. the D and the cat that it because yeah. whatever I do, yeah. they're still fed. Or so, what you very often hear is the fact like, I hardly feed them anything. Yeah. And, and still. Yeah. yeah. And in, in some cats, honestly, I think that can, that can be fairly true. Like the more mm-hmm. obese you get, it seems oh, yeah. to be the less calories it yes. takes to yes. maintain you. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's all about that metabolic set point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things with um, energy restriction, um, one of the things that I've been wondering about is I often have that discussion with, with, um, with colleagues. When you calculate a weight and an amount of food, and you strip the animal um, for weight loss, do you drastically reduce the amount of food or do, or do you, you go gradually? there gradually? That's a great question. And I don't think, like in dogs and cats, there's not any research on this. Mm. But 
one of the things that is um, that I think is a problem with going gradually is that you change that metabolic set point. Mm. And every time you reduce it gradually, you have to restrict more to yeah. actually make sure that the body is reacting yeah. properly mm. to it. You want to make sure that you create that negative energy balance. Um, so we're going gradually. It might be more difficult to actually reach that mm. negative energy balance and actually lose the weight. But you know, the flip side of that is often if it's a, a quite a drastic change yeah. you have to make, it's easier for the owner yes. to accomplish it if we do it in steps. So yes. It's a bit of a yes. conundrum, isn't and, it? And one of the other things that I that I've been wondering about as well is with satiety. Of course, if that animal is really used to a large amount of food or a large volume of food, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you go to a tiny little bit. How yeah. will that animal deal with that? Yeah. Right? It will... yeah. And it may How not will be the pretty. Owner deal yeah. with it because yeah. it's psychological. They say, yeah. I cannot feed. Yeah. I mean, I'm right. starving yeah. my right. cat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the cats know, respond. You know, yeah. the cat's up on the counter looking yeah. for food. I would be and... afraid for begging behavior yeah, as well. Yeah. So... Which would be good because they would walking a little bit more. Well, and more maybe. But, and... Yeah. But that's well, we of... had, I, I know one cat <laughs> that was uh, trying to eat through the bag of kibble and broke a tooth. So, oh, no. That's not good. Yeah. But we hear these stories right yeah. So, yeah, yeah so i've often wondered that too so and, and we have tried especially with some of these really obese cats we try to like step them down because it just seems easier for the owner to get on board but now you know maybe in terms of metabolic yeah. set point i'm not doing them any favors like yeah well and i think i think it's all about reaching your target weight loss right mm. following up over time and making sure that you reach that um one to two percent um, of the initial body weight weight loss per week per week um, so yeah. if you are below yeah. that you yeah. have to restrict more right. yeah, if you're right. above that yeah. which is not common less. in cats like cats no. were not usually getting above that <laughs> no. yeah and here's the other thing that I'm uh, in terms of celebrating successes so we'll often see owners who can get we have a target goal and we often see owners who can get 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 partway to the goal but not quite get all the way yeah and even some weight loss is probably yeah. a benefit yeah. to the cat yes right yes. so i don't want owners to feel like oh you've only made it halfway oh too bad let's you know it, it, it didn't You're work a loser. Yes. But, yeah <laughs> well, but, but it was a good loser yeah. right so yeah. i i think we have to yeah and like in, i don't think in cats there's any research on this but i think in dogs they i think a study by alex german found that i think it was five percent or ten percent weight loss was already significant yes. yeah and they was... already saw changes or health benefits right. to these right. animals so it's not an <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> it's not an all or nothing thing yes right. so even if you can get some weight off of your pet yes that's still better than nothing yes yeah. i think that's important because it is frustrating um, and we should celebrate even little successes right mm-hmm. yeah so what is your plan of attack for a cat that's morbidly obese because we see sometimes these yeah. pillows come in <laughs> that are so big what yeah. what do you advise? and they don't move and they're hard yeah. to manage and, and like the the first thing is really like it's sad but it's energy restriction mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like we we have to reduce the amount of calories it's all about the balance between energy goes in and energy goes out yeah. um so there's two ways of getting that correcting that balance one is making sure that they use more calories so more activity mm-hmm. which in these morbidly obese cats is probably in the beginning in the beginning is probably hard yeah. mm-hmm. uh, or getting less calories in um, so in those morbidly obese cats it's really focusing on diet making mm-hmm. sure that um, they're not eating too much calories um, and at the same time they still feel satiated mm-hmm. um, so when it comes to energy I do my calculations based on 0.8 times RER for ideal body weight. Yep. 
Um, and I choose a diet, um, especially in these cats that are morbidly obese or that are eating in very big volumes, yeah. you want to choose a diet that is high in fiber. Yeah. So um, they can have a volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to bulk them up, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's the first thing I yeah. focus on. Mm-hmm. And then even in, in, in the first weeks, if you see some success with that, yeah. that cat will automatically yeah. become more active. Yeah. yeah. Um, the moment they, these animals start feeling better, if there's some weight off of it, then they'll um, start, they moving. start moving. Then more. we can start making and the then work you, for yeah. food. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when, when we start a work for food, I, I, I call it my um, no free lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you and I've talked about this yeah. before. Mm. And so we'll often start with something that's very easy, like a very easy homemade yeah. puzzle. Yes. So the cat yeah. and the owner see success yeah. right away, yes. right? And then, of course, we can increase complexity and add different toys. And cats will get into that. Um, I have a, uh, a colleague, um, Dr. Allison Cooper, who's shared with me a video of one of her you know, old, overweight, arthritic cats who yep. learned to use a, a, a food ball. Right, and because she's arthritic and she has trouble with her elbows, she pushes it with her head. Yeah, and if that cat can figure out how to lose weight with a food ball and and push yeah. it with her head, yeah. it, it's doable. And those things don't have to be expensive, right? No. Like you can make a lot of a lot of things yourself at home. At home. Like my my cat was eating uh, from an egg carton box. That's one of my favorites. Um, or a muffin call, tin. It, my daughter yeah. uses a muffin tin. Yeah, doesn't yeah. cost anything. You just put a couple of kibble in yeah. each hole, and yeah. then they just playing with their yeah. feet to. Yeah. To get the and it's a out. start yep. and it's some activity. Yep. Yep. Um, didn't cost the owner any money. Um, yep. the vote, everybody sees it works right away. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I love, love things one. like that. Yep. Yeah. They're really helpful to get things going, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what about other dietary approaches? So we talked about higher fiber ones for the yep. really obese cats where satiety yes. is an issue. Um, but there's I, other approaches. Yes. There, there's a, For cats, there's a couple of different approaches. However, whatever, I think the most important thing, no matter what approach you choose, is that it should be a veterinary therapeutic food oh, great for point. weight loss. Yeah, And why um, is that? Um, because one of the things that we are afraid for is that when we are restricting an energy, you might also restrict other nutrients that are essential. Yeah. So if you're reducing the amount of food, you're reducing everything, yeah. every nutrient, right? So when you would just go with, um, there's many clients that will ask, can we just continue with the diet that we're feeding? A pet store diet, it's maybe, maybe there's um, on the label, it says it's a light food or a mm-hmm. low fat food. Um, those diets are not intended for weight loss because they're not enhanced in whatever is essential. There's enough in those um, to keep an animal at a healthy body weight. Yeah. But if you restrict the amount of food, there might be deficiencies yeah. in some essential nutrients. Yeah. And, and it, I'm might think- take a, it might take time mm. to see that too. It might yes. not be immediate, oh, no, right? No, yeah. but I think what you will see immediately, like it's, it's protein and amino acids, yeah. right? Yeah. So you will see those animals that are overweight and yeah. losing muscle. Yeah. Um, or their hair coat looks yes. horrible. Yes. Or, yeah. Vitamins, minerals, essential yeah. fatty acids. Um, very. Um, this is very important, especially in... Um, in cats because they are at risk for hepatic lipidosis and hepatic lipidosis is one thing is really they're they're obese that's they're insulin resistant that's a trigger um restricting energy will trigger that but there are a lot of um amino acids and vitamins that play a role in that as well so i'm uh thinking about uh, methionine cysteine carnitine carnitine, uh choline one of the b vitamins um so um, we have done research at OVC um, using a veterinary therapeutic diet for weight loss. 
Um, and even with that diet, we noticed that cats mm. were not meeting their choline requirements. Ah. Um, so I am, if, if a veterinary therapeutic diet is already at yeah. the limits, I'm really worried that if you do a weight loss plan with an over-the-counter diet, yeah. um, that the risk would be even, even worse. And I also think that it is really important once again to sh- uh, emphasize the fact that the role of the veterinarian has in here in guiding yes. a client and yeah. staying yeah. Uh, very much on top of this diet mm. and all the changes that it can have. Yeah, because clients don't know this, right? No. They don't understand no, no, any. They have no. no way of knowing. And, and so a weight loss program, I mean, I'm convinced that in also in humans, weight loss programs don't work if you don't have a dietary expert with you helping you a support how system. to... To do yeah. that, and the vet is the is the role person here, or a good technician, because mm-hmm. they are fantastic. Yep. But having this veterinary healthcare team support makes the success so much mm-hmm. bigger mm-hmm. and the risk so much lower. Mm-hmm. Especially um, for cats, and that's why I'm a big proponent of veterinary diets too. Yeah, 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 makes a big difference. Yep. Just shows you how tough cats are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it's for every species. I mean, no, this, this is something that I you know in. Yep. in <clears throat> with the, the problem that the cats have a little bit is the hepatic lipidosis and the risk there because that's a death threat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. not something we should just scam over because mm-hmm. they no. can die from it. Yes. If you do it um, the wrong but way. But if you do it right, you can prevent it, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so you want to make sure that you uh, follow up with the cats, um, do a regular body weight, body yeah. condition score, muscle condition score, making sure that the weight loss doesn't go too quick. Right. It's difficult in cats, yeah, but if they're yeah, yeah. usually in those hepatic lipidosis cats, the weight it loss went is, too quick. It's quick, yeah. And then usually it's because it might not be because of the energy restriction that you did for weight loss. It might be because there's a reason that they stopped eating, right? Right. Um, right. So especially when you switch them to another ah. diet, make sure that you keep track of that, right? Yeah. Make sure that you are in contact with the owner, having them call into the veterinary practice if the cat doesn't want to eat the food. Yeah. Um, because that's a very severe energy restriction. Yeah. And that I will think definitely that's, trigger that's where disease. your obesity clinic comes in again because yeah. those people have the time to do it. And if they don't call you, you call them and yeah. say, how are you doing? How much eating? Yes. Yes. Helping them with the transition time too yeah. because it's not like you put one diet away and the other diet in front of the cat. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. what are your work. tips for getting diet transitions in cats? Uh, so, it can be tough. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be tough. But typically, like I do, like depending on, I, I first look at the animal, right? Mm. Um, I talk to the owner, um, trying to find out how finicky the cat right. really is yeah. and have they had problems with yeah. switching diets yeah. in the past. Because they aren't no. always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, And then depending on um, what I hear from, from the client, I will go with either a seven-day or a 14-day transition period, gradually switching out do you put, Do you like put food side by side? Yes. Do you mix? You like I don't side, mix. I, put I like side, the side by, by side. side. Yeah. yeah, I do too. And I, like, I think if we really want to keep track of food intake, um, it's very like I I like the owners to actually like I like gram scales. Yeah, me too. Um, so Better than every yeah. every pet owner should be using a gram scale, especially Yay. when it's about um, treating weight loss. I totally agree. So when you're um, following up with food intake, it's much easier oh, to yeah. like if you're weighing the food and there's leftovers weigh the leftovers and you can keep a yeah. much better track well if you're mixing the foods yeah you, it's you can't. it's it's not as easy yeah. to follow up right with that um just put the two food balls next to each other yeah. and let's hope that the cat yeah. will actually yeah. or or you could do it 
offer the new food first. She, if the cat eats it, if she wants to eat it, okay, yeah. let her go. Yeah. Um, if she doesn't eat it, offer the other food. I find meal feeding helps too, because if the owner yeah. just leaves food out all day, versus if we start to switch yes. to meal feeding, yes. when you offer food, the cat's probably hungry, yeah. right? Yeah. And may and may investigate the food. The other thing I talk to owners about is that cats have some behaviors around food that they might misinterpret, right? Yep. So with the new food, some cats will go over, they'll sniff it, they'll eat a bit, and then they'll walk away. And it doesn't mean they hate it. No. Mm. It just means they need a little yep. more time. And you don't need yep. to change the meal. Right, right, I mean, that's right. It, because yeah. they're like, oh my God, I need yeah. to get another variation. That, that's what it, people will in, and, interpret. And that, yeah. That's, yeah. That, that, that's it. So I think we have to alert them to so things like that. Since you're talking about meat meal feeding, yeah. um, in relation to obesity, um, Feeding more meals has been shown to increase activity yeah. in cats. Yeah. So that could multiple also help meals. multiple small yeah. meals. Yeah. Uh, could also help yeah. with treating. And that helps position. with the, the 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 tools that you use because mm-hmm. you don't dump the whole. Yeah. Kind of you better give control, a little bit. Better monitoring. And, but it also takes time, and a lot of people don't have time. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not going home five times a day no. to feed my cat. But so. a lot of people can fit even like three times a day into a day, into a work day. Yes. You know, yeah. a lot of and, people and can. Yeah. Or I think, most, I think most people can do that. Like you give a meal at breakfast mm. when you come home, home from work, work and, and before then, bed. Right. That's, yep. I think everybody right, can three do times. three. If you're home at lunchtime, you can do four. Yep. Or a timed feeder could yeah. give you an additional yeah. one. Yeah. There's lots so, of tools. So in people, they say you should not eat before you go to bed, but in uh, cats, that's not an issue. I've never really thought about that. Yeah. Well, remember, cats yes. often hunt in the dark, yeah, so, so it's probably it's more better. normal for them to eat in the dark than mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, sort so, of evolution. And I think humans probably overeat. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the probably, thing. That's probably, probably, probably the problem. Yeah, so you don't see cats at McDonald's every day. <laughs> um, I hope not. So to finalize this wonderful session, because we're almost at oh, the no. end, uh, any any news on diet pills the magic oh. pill that we can give to a cat yeah so. no well because some drugs no. have been yeah. tried not yeah. cat but dog dog right? have yeah. been tried um yeah but i think in the end no matter what pill it can be it can be really helpful to maybe jumpstart that weight loss mm-hmm. plan like in animals that don't and, and that's how i saw the drugs that were marketed for, for dogs, dogs as well right. um if you have those animals where it's really difficult to get the get weight off you can get them started you see an immediate success but in the end it's the lifestyle change that yeah. is needed and if you're the drug may help but if the owner goes back to feeding the same thing not being active the weight will no bounce back will on right, right? yeah like yeah that's a good point. No magic pill. No magic pill. No, sorry. <laughs> no, this has been wonderful. Oh, so lovely. thank you it's, so much. It's amazing uh, how fast the time know, goes, yeah, right? We're talking about something we love. So we're really grateful that you spared some time for us today. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. And good luck with your beastie clinic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And all the research oh, you have underway. It. We'll be very excited to see yeah. what happens. Great news. Mm. So thank you. Thanks a lot. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August's Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at 
cat, pet, Susan. Dr. Yola Kerpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at Her Podcast. 